Dancer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I'm a Pole Dancer, a pole podcast uh, by pole dancers for pole dancers and the curious. I am your host, Asari the Scary Fairy, and today I have a group of friends with me, and we are hosting a little tea time. Why don't y'all go around and introduce yourself? Quick, one person, go! <laughs> okay, hi. Hi. I'm Victoria Neftis. You've seen me already in Sari's <laughs> podcast, and I'm back. She's back. She did the episode about teaching and poll. All right, who's next? Hi, I'm Emily, but I go by Elixir. Um, and this is my first time on the Pole Dancer podcast. I'm very excited. Yay! And last but not least, also yeah. has been on the podcast before. Yeah, my name is Elspeth, and I was on the podcast quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. You talked about trendy pole trends and shadow banning. So, uh, yeah, that new Netflix documentary series, we're talking about that today, our thoughts, opinions. I thought originally I recorded this episode as like a solo, and I was like, and it didn't really work out so well. So and then we were all like, we're just going to talk about it anyways tonight. And I was like, ah, can I just like record our conversation? And uh, so it just works out. <laughs> but that new documentary. Uh, oh, wow. I can't believe I brain farted on that and forgot the name of it for a little second. Maybe that's like a little bit of foreshadowing of our thoughts and opinions on it. Maybe just a big fart. But um, strip down and rise up. Thank you. Um, yeah. So strip down, rise up. Um, I should say, like before we get into this, for anyone listening, if you hate spoilers, don't listen. Watch it first because I'm not going to censor myself with spoilers, and I don't think any of us are going to censor ourselves with spoilers. And second, it. If you are someone who um, are very triggered by trauma and things of that nature, this film might not be the best for you, uh, because there is a lot of discussion of trauma and working through trauma, and it's, it's, it's heavy. So if that's something that is very triggering for you, then I would recommend... Um, I mean, honestly, the film should come with a bigger trigger warning on it it i don't feel like it had a big enough trigger warning on it i was like whoa when we dived in i feel like it only said it at the corner of the screen to be like content warning and then like it wasn't actually part of the that was like netflix it was like netflix it was a netflix warning it wasn't even like a dedicated screen from the documentary to be like warning this film contains discussion about sexual abuse trauma and death and like all of these other things that are like extremely traumatic topics to talk about um so yeah where where do you want to where do you want to begin with this film what we thoughts opinions feelings lots of them my synopsis i would call it yeah if you like grind it down to like the nitty-gritty that was like a two-hour advertisement for s factor did anyone else feel that way yeah, yeah, it kind of felt like two documentaries squished together because there was the whole S-Factor part, which was kind of, to me, uncomfortable. And then there were actually, like, other good parts, like, yeah. really like Janine Butterfly's part in this and Amy Bond's parts, but, like, 
the whole trailer kind of cast this as an S factor thing. So I was kind of taken aback by all of that. <laughs> as soon as the film started, I was like cringing within the first few minutes because it was just like really uncomfortable scenes with S factor. And I don't know. I was like, this, this is giving people the wrong idea. Like what is happening right now? This, Ooh. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, where, where do you guys want to begin? Like, Thoughts, opinions, what went well, what went bad, everything. I want to, I want to <laughs> begin by uh, making my own promo about my Instagram post. Yeah, yes. It resumes everything that I want to say about it. That is, people are just taking it at face value, and I think that's one problem. First, is that this is a documentary. This is a, a film. It's a movie. It was made by a crew. It is obviously. A very um, edited and um, scripted at some point documentary so I think people also need to be reminded that you know what we see is also what the director wants to see and that you know some dialogues are cut and edited and some people were angry at Amy Bond because she said one thing um, about people asking her and answering about stripping, etc. I'm like, this is taking out of context. This is like part of a conversation. So first of all, like this can give a wrong idea. Like she wrote something to explain that in her own personal Instagram page. And um, yeah, it's the same thing for several people. There are also some of the people within the, the woman group at S Factor who are actors. They actually are on IMDb. Yeah. And, um, they're not all listed, but like some of them are. And I'm like, were they chosen because they were actors? Like, obviously, the whole group of women from S Factor were chosen to be part of this documentary. And I'm like, obviously, you're not going to have out of a group of 12 people, um, 10 um, abuse survivors. Like, obviously, there was a choice in the cast. So people. So I need to realize that. And um, that obviously everyone that was interviewed except Janine Butterfly had some relation to abuse and trauma. And that's not everyone's experience. Obviously, like the documentary has an agenda, has a directing line. And I feel that whenever you watch something, you always need to remember who's the director, what they did before, who's the producer, is the producer the same as the director? Um, I was making a little commentary about Blink Empire. I don't know if you've watched this TV show on Netflix, um, which is about rich Asian. It's a TV reality show. It's pretty terrible, but interestingly, the producers are the same as some of the directors and some of the cast. So it tells you that you know some of the cast members obviously are going to be portrayed in a certain light because they paid to be in the documentary or TV reality show. So. Yeah, my take on it is just, like, don't take everything at face value. Check who the people are afterwards. And if you want to say something about someone in there, like Amy Bond or Alison or, or whoever, just, like, check what they actually say in their yeah. personal pages and profiles. Oh, yeah, because I didn't realize that until you brought it up that a handful of those women in the S-Factor group were actors. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and it raises the question, well, I mean, every movie has, or, or documentary has a lot of things that, you know, you don't see or you don't know about in the making, but it always raises the question of, like, how truthful is 
this and like yeah well i mean like this documentary first and foremost was not a true representation of the pole community and i felt like misrepresented i feel i feel like people are gonna my thoughts and feelings on this are people are going to watch this documentary, people who know nothing about pole, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, wow, this is going to solve all my problems. And then they're going to go try pole classes with the wrong expectation, with the wrong vision in their head of what it's going to look like and be sorely disappointed when they start. I also found that they were really like, they really glossed over it almost. It was exclusionary of like, the background of pole with like the origins from stripping um and there was a lot of sentiment about like we don't want to be called strippers and, da, da, da. and i feel like that's really harmful for the public as well because i almost feel like when i do talk about pole in my personal life like i've had conversations with relatives where they're like oh like what do you call it what you do and i'm like pole dancing and they're like oh i'd prefer not to call it that and i'm like i i just feel like that's kind of similar to what is being pushed in this video or video movie (laughs) um and I really wish they touched on it more especially like I found like Janine brought up Pantera and I was like oh okay we're gonna dive into this and then nothing so that could have been a director's cut too like what if she did talk more about Pantera and it just got cut from the film but like I felt well it could have been really better explain and said but like when I watched I watched the documentary a couple of times and like the first time I watched it I was like well actually like the first thing that uh, Sheila says is I learned pole dancing in a strip club it comes from stripping the first thing that Amy Bond says is that pole dancers are first of all strippers who open the first pole dancing places and Janine Butterfly is saying I went to a strip club and I saw Pantera so it's kind of like a weird like the stripping part is very omnipresent and like it is there but at the same time like where are the strippers like why aren't there any strippers interviewed i true that but i'm going to challenge that for for a second because i see emily here pointing her pencil at us because she took notes but i'm (laughs) she told me this before y'all came on the call but i'm pretty sure that sheila um, she got cast in a movie where she had to play a stripper. I mean, yeah. you were the one pointing the, the pencil, Emily. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I won't steal your thunder. That's with my notes. Um, okay, so basically, Sheila Kelly um, was doing a film, and she was, yeah, cast as a stripper. Um, and it was from... It was actually, I found out um, this side note as, like, a thing that um, someone else had posted about the origins of um, pole fitness, um, but through her doing this movie and her feeling good about learning how to pole dance for this role, that's kind of partially how more, like, women others liken the documentary um wanted her to like teach them how to do the same thing and what led her to eventually open her studio but the thing is like you never were a stripper and you never actually you did one movie and it's empowering but literally by 
opening the studio and doing this, you're totally changing the narrative and the direction of where Paul is headed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's erasing the sex work background. Yeah, and so, like, like the documentary is definitely, like, very focused on how the S-Factor classes operate and run, but not all studios, and I probably, like, 90% of studios do not operate in that same way. No, also, someone, I was reading a bunch of Instagram posts, too, that, like, S-Factor is a very expensive program that, what was it, like, $1,000 a week, $1,000 for eight weeks? I can't remember. For eight weeks? So, most of these people have to come from, like, a certain class level to even afford these classes. One woman in the film said she flew in for these classes. I was going to say that. She flew and they're in... based in California. Yeah, she flew in from Utah. Oh my oh. god. I missed that completely. But yeah, I felt like that only narrows the perspective of this all even more. Is like you have to have a certain amount of money to do this. And I know if I were a beginner, like I would not put $1,000 up front for like, even like, even if eight weeks with two classes a week is a good value for classes, I would not have the confidence that I would enjoy it enough to do that. So. Yeah says something about possibly the people involved and they definitely like um advertise it as movement therapy and female empowerment um so they're really trying to erase any origins of sex work and stripping um whereas like you could have just said like you know strippers feel empowered because there are strippers who are studio owners Yes. And like talking a little bit about I don't know is is this a licensed therapy program? No, they brought in like a therapist for one one of the like scenes to say, "Oh, this is a therapy uh a therapist and you guys should also make sure that while you're doing this, you should be paying for therapy." Because let's dive deep into all your traumatic things that none of us are qualified to talk about and really, like, work through. I will say that while pole can be a healing tool, and I use that tool, not it's not a method necessarily. I mean, maybe a method, but, like, it's, it can be a tool for some people to heal through their trauma. Absolutely. It's... I felt like the film really tried to portray it as like, this is the answer to all your problems and this is going to solve everything. And like, if you're experiencing trauma, like try this, this is, this is going to solve it. And I'm like, no, not necessarily. It's not going to work for everyone. And also that, sorry. Go ahead. Speak. (laughs) And also that everyone who does fall has, a trauma to solve yes. and something like that and obviously there are a lot of people as you were saying that you know use pole as a tool to help heal their trauma but there are also a lot of pole people that just you know do pole for other reasons you know whether it's their work as a sex worker or if they just you know wanted to do something fitnessy sporty sexy put the adjective that you want there so, I feel that it's kind of, well, 
it's not damaging because there's no shame or problem in having a trauma and needing some help to heal Gosh, it. Though, yeah. But it just like portrays the whole community. It wants to portray it in a way that says that these are all broken people. Yeah, and like this was a but the victim in the pole community. It's really frustrating, especially because I personally have trauma, but um, I definitely did not start pole for trauma. And I realized a big part of the reason why I love pole, in addition to other things that I find therapeutic, is that they really force you to be mindful and aware of the moment that you're in. Because if you're on the pole, you're you're worried about falling. You have yes. no ability about whatever is causing you any anxieties. I will say yeah. I was really proud of that one woman who managed to climb the pole at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yay, yeah. you finally climbed the pole. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just really, really portrayed that like we all have, we're just all traumatized and... There was this sentiment that it was female only. I only got the sense, like, I only started to see other bodies when we went to San Francisco pole and dance. And they had a couple of guys in their class. And I was like, yes, let's talk about this. And again, I think that was an editing choice and it was glossed over. But yeah, because Amy Bond posted, so like, she posted a lot, obviously, for the promo and stuff. And she wrote, um, an article in the Huff Post, and also had uh, the San Francisco Gate, I think, newspaper writing something about her, and she was talking about how in her studio she obviously wants to have um, anybody type, any gender, anyone coming um, to Paul, and that you know she's not restricting it to anyone. Hey, that was okay. Okay, that okay. Mm. Speaking of different bodies in pole, that one instructor that, you know, at first I was like, oh, great, there's a plus-sized pole instructor. And then they switched it to a weight loss journey or the beginnings of one. And I was like, this doesn't really fit inside the narrative of this film. And it's really uncomfortable. It was really upsetting, too, that a lot of what the S factor was pushing, especially in addition to that weight loss, was that the people in the program had to change themselves. Like they <gasps> told one girl to take off her glasses, they asked another one to get a haircut. Like I just found that like a lot of the tactics were very invasive and a very like um like you have to kind look of a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely forcing everyone who joins that program to fit a specific type. Because you can be a sexy person that wears glasses. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like it was forcing all the people that were there to be women in the sense that society sees them. Because, you know, there was this, I think, Amber, the person who says that yes. she doesn't want to continue because that doesn't fit the type of role that she wanted to do. And... Uh, you know, Sheila is telling her that she's a good little man and that she can never be as good as a man. And I'm like, well, this is very wrong on so many levels. Like, it's just like, you can't say something like this. And it's, yeah, it's just very, uh, yeah, I just... She just, like, literally was like, I just wanted to pull. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then she left. Yeah, like, you know, what if, you know, she's trans and she's, you know, transitioning um, to being a man? And, like, what if she's a man? Like, you know, I think that all these things, or what if she's non-binary? I mean, they are non-binary, you know? Like, you've got all these questions here um, about, like, respecting people's gender or how they want to express gender or how they mm-hmm. understand their own gender and I think it's quite uncomfortable to have someone telling a group of people that you know they have to be feminine and wear pretty shoes and you know you've got also that one person there um who's part of the LGBT community and um she says that you know she's always been like very masculine and she tells her that you know she needs to learn to be feminine and you know to be glamorous and that sort of thing I'm like maybe this person doesn't want to be maybe this is not you know how they want to express themselves so forcing them to be what you expect of a certain gender is and the movement yeah we need to get away from like assigning female and male pronouns to movement it's just movement it's just movement it was was very bothersome to have like the whole movie framed in like the binary of like masculine energy versus feminine energy too like I was very bothered by that interaction with like the like queer woman in the group who was like oh Sheila called out how she was sitting and saying oh you're sitting like a man like no that person is sitting how that person is sitting because that's how they're comfortable and then when Sheila was like oh just turn your leg to the left I was just like mm, this is alarming okay. and I just was not happy with that and there was the other part when they brought the men into the room I was room just about was to just bring like... that up yeah <laughs> I was like what no, is party, there's, there's men in this but the men are here as saviors and they're here to give you their loving gaze to show you that like not all men and it's like oh they're elevated men they have a higher yes. conscience <laughs> that's, that's for, like was yeah. it like high high conscious men or heightened conscious it men? was kind of disrespectful to the men in that way too like i just felt very weird about that whole bit where she had it almost made it sound like she had trained them to be more critically thinking about feminine issues i just was like you know these kind of people exist naturally like i don't know did you how did you pick them also how did you decide maybe not all of the women wanted to be in a space with men absolutely that felt so so off for so many of those women who are not ready to confront that kind of thing the documentary said that was class 18 for beginners Class number 18. That's wild. That's so, so soon. Especially if you've had trauma bottled up for years and years, and you're just slowly... That's, like, forcing... Also, like, I'd be curious to read the waiver for this program. (laughs) Like, what's what's in it? And, And what do you... Like, does it detail all of these things so that, like, are they aware that masculine energy is, quote-unquote, masculine energy is going to be present in the room on class 18 for beginners? Like, like 
they showed, oh, I'm so happy that I could talk to this man because it reminds me of either, like, my loved one who passed away, actually both of them were, one was, like, a partner and one was a father, but what if it was, like, um, no, you look a lot like this person that caused me some severe trauma through sexual assault, like, I would have slapped someone. Uh, I would have demanded my money back if that happened to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also very binary once again. Mm-hmm. Extremely binary. Yeah. And also, like, it's focusing on the fact that these people have trauma. Like, like not everybody's trauma maybe is from a man. Like, what if you're that person that's like, I'm just here to pull, and then suddenly you're in a room with men, and you're like, what are we doing? No, 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 but you're a strong woman, but you need this masculine energy. Don't you understand? (laughs) Yeah, but you should not have it in yourself. You should have it, like, just in front of you. You can't can't possibly contain masculine energy. energy. You have to only have the female energy. Why can't I have both? (laughs) Or neither? (laughs) I also want to talk about that kind. Like, as a pole instructor, like, I mean, obviously, the pole means that you can explore every possible shapes and every way that you want to climb or do things. But when I saw how they were teaching the climb, I was like, what is this? <laughs> and if you actually look at the pole they were teaching, but oh. I was like, what is this flex foot? And why are two, your two legs behind the pole? Like, obviously, you can have some weird climb if you want to. But, like, as a, a beginner, like introducing people on how to safely engage their muscles and things i'm i really not sure about this because like we saw in the documentary everything about the psychological aspect of it and we saw very little of the poll itself and i guess maybe s factor doesn't want to share the curriculum they don't want people to copy it whatever i don't know but in any case the very few things that we saw when it comes to like higher level moves like not the little spins and stuff i was like i am not sure you understand what you are doing you know you know what i would have loved to have seen i would have loved to have seen a better balance between san francisco poland dance with s factor or hey maybe brilliant idea bring in a third studio um and i would have loved to see more of the training the competition training um, maybe some exotic classes that are taught at SFPND, you know, so we, we're not getting strictly that S factor side of it. I mean, because, like, I was like, oh, there's this other stuff that's happening, and it's, uh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, because we see it, like, you know, whenever someone is talking, you see in the background the exotic class, you see in the background the hoop, the silks. Like, you see everything. Yeah, like, a lot of circus elements are combined with these studios. Like, a lot of studios offer hoop and silks as well. Like, like let's talk about that. I think this documentary would have benefited if it was a series instead of a documentary. And, like, they could have split it up into episodes. Like, you could have just had an episode on S Factor and you could have had an episode on San Francisco Pole and Dance and then maybe you traveled around North America or the world and been like here's another pole studio maybe uh, or no I would actually encourage traveling to strip clubs and 
talking to strippers about pole dancing. Like that, ugh, that would have been a much better like no. model. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the director is aiming for at least an Oscar nomination, maybe even winning. So, <laughs> I mean, like, because when I talk about like what's the people people's agenda to it like why are they doing it and like when it comes to the director she likes like what she did in the past was pretty heavy as well like she had one documentary about following a woman who's diagnosed with cancer and she likes to have something that is very heavy emotionally and that is gonna make you cry so I think that here she is looking definitely for some nominations because when you look at the media, like the mainstream media, there are a lot of praise for this documentary. Like everyone loves it. It's when you look at people within the poll community that you've got like a more nuanced thing. But if you look at everyone, like just look at the articles because obviously it was just released on Friday. So like it's starting to come right now. They all like, oh, this is such a great documentary about women and trauma about like Paul and a lot of people are like oh this is good that you've got like another perspective on Paul this is what the mainstream media is saying right now and all those people writing the reviews are not in the community they're not strippers they're not sex workers they're not pole dancers they're people you know who are probably just learning what this community is about from the film and they're like oh this is so great Sorry, Emily, I interrupted you. Please go. No. <laughs> um, yeah. If you look at the director's Instagram account, it does say that she's Academy Award-nominated filmmaker. And if you, like, scroll down far enough, you can see that, like, this film was, like, in the works two years ago, so they probably, like, finished editing. I actually... Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. But, but my whole thing is like, okay, well, like, what is, like, I'm trying to find out what the director's connection is with the pole community, and my closest thing is like yoga? Question mark. Okay, that's sorry. Okay, so Elspeth, you were gonna say something, and then I'm gonna say something. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that reminded me. I took a class with Janine maybe like six months ago and she like hinted at this she was like it's been in the works i'm doing like a documentary and i just had that connection and that was cool but uh i liked her part yeah her part was really cool i was gonna say that what i felt like the s factor was doing or the way it was portrayed was like what white people have done to yoga Uh and like taken this sport and are like like they were like removing it from its origins and being like oh look at me I'm holier than thou and it helps with everything and you're like it's a little problematic because yeah I was sad we didn't get any like actual strippers talking about it in the film yeah but the big missing part you know people talking about them like the whole Pantera uh show but there is nothing like properly about strippers and someone given uh, a voice to express yeah they didn't even really get into like a lot of the other like a lot of the OG studios were run by strippers Um, and I think somebody mentioned that at one point and I was like great let's go let's talk about that 
Um, and then they never really talked about that again because I would have loved to have heard more about like some other studios that started up maybe around the same time that Sheila Kelly started because like it was kind of a situation where things just started cropping up simultaneously Um, and I know there are some like true OGs that were strippers so oh yeah a lot of the OG studios were yeah were um, created and uh, formed by strippers Mm mm-hmm well, Amy, who's the one who's actually saying that, you know, strippers were the first ones to open studio. her first instructor was a stripper, and that's in her um, post article, yeah. Well, let's it's talk about Amy a little bit, and the way that the film was edited around her history of sex work. Because Amy was, she mentions how she was a porn star for... It was six months and there's been a lot of ways like the way that the film was edited made it look like that maybe you know she was ashamed of that but she was also saying at the same time she was trying to make it clear like there's nothing wrong with doing it and there shouldn't be anything wrong with doing it so I don't know, what, what were your guys' thoughts and, and feelings around that and that editing style yeah. I found Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. You. Oh, I just found it kind of off-putting at first. I was almost like, I mean, it's totally fine to have done porn and to regret it, but I found that, like, the, maybe the way that it was edited, it kind of seemed like she now was, like, shunning that past completely and was like, no, 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 I, like, don't do porn. But, like, later in the doc, it kind of redeemed itself because I think the more, like, authentic narrative and her more authentic opinion of it kind of came out um so i was like at first a little bit confused but then after the fact it was like i think she accepts that past and like it has shaped who she is now so i kind of got the vibe that it was an experience that she had and it's built her so yeah yeah i was gonna say that a lot of people in the pool community came at her on Instagram and stuff what she said and you know that's also what prompted me to write my whole little Instagram post about always checking facts before you actually say something about someone yeah yeah <laughs> and um, I thought the editing was as Elspeth was saying hinting at her being ashamed of her past or like not fully accepting it and also like that one sentence that she says where she's like i want to live in a world where people don't ask me at first are you doing pull are you a stripper but are you doing pull that's really cool i know it's hard and i think that was like a really double standard statement kind of but also I'm sure it was taken out of context. So I don't, I don't know what was said right before this. But if you take it completely out of context, you can interpret it in two ways. Like first, it's like shaming strippers. But second one, and this is how I understood it coming from her, is that even though it was really not well said, there were better ways to explain it. It was not like shaming stripper, but she actually didn't say like, oh, someone is asking me if I'm a stripper. Oh, no, I am not a stripper. How shameful. It was like, no, I'd like people to think that pole is the hard stuff. I can be a stripper, but pole is the hard stuff. 
and yeah, I thought that was like probably the the worst edits of her um, parts because mm-hmm. it really made her say something that she didn't mean and developed a, a certain character <laughs> that she is not. I know, like once again, I'm referring to these two articles that she wrote. Um, and where she said sex work is work and that she had a positive um, experience within the porn community and uh, that she was very impressed at the ethics that were in the the poll community compared to her job in like law and tech and I mean I know it's not everyone experienced but hers was very good and she said again that you know sex workers have to be supported she even said in her article that it's important to celebrate strippers and that they don't have the possibility to celebrate themselves on Instagram because Mm -hmm. they are shadow banned so she talked about that which is great so overall I am quite a fan of Amy Bond Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah she's pretty great she was not portrayed the way that she is in the documentary Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that she had written um those articles I kind of briefly saw her Instagram posts and stuff so I knew that her character was a little bit skewed but they really made it seem like oh this was like a very low point in my life and mm. like I even wrote down like the quote because she she they cut it in a way where it, she just said like I didn't want to admit to the people that I love that I was failing and maybe it was really hard at the time but that really like makes it sound like that's like, that reinforces the stereotype that, like, all sex workers do it out of need and struggle rather than those who are just like, no, I just wanted to do this. I felt like that was what I wanted to do. Like, not everyone is a victim. Yeah. And really, it's really hard to see past that sometimes. Yeah, not and not. Yeah, not everyone is a victim. And I actually talked about this in a previous episode where, yeah, like, some of them are oppressed, but some of them are not. And you can't be, if you don't know that person, you don't know their situation, you can't, you can't just, like, make an assumption or make a judgment call right off the bat and be like, oh, you're being oppressed, I must save you. It's like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, it... (laughs) Yeah, there's this, it's so many layers to this, and it's, I mean, I really appreciated how she, at the, towards the end, like Elspeth was saying, like, she was, like, there's nothing wrong with it, and there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. Why does it matter mm-hmm. so much to you that there's something wrong with it? Like, that's the message I got at the end of the film with what she was saying, and I'm like, yes, preach that. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the editing fits the narrative that this whole movie is kind of trauma porn in the <laughs> sense that like it's basically just trying to yeah. use trauma to reel people in and for some weird reason people like watching other people going through emotional issues like I see the same thing. I've said this a lot, but on Drag Race, oh. they will literally get into somebody's issues and be like, this person had this terrible experience for views and for, like... like they, they do that all the time, yeah. Absurd. Yeah. Well, like, so. on Drag Race, don't they have, like, a dedicated person per queen to, like, guide their storylines? 
I didn't know that, but I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that, where they have someone who, like, helps guide their storylines. So I wonder if it was something similar with that, too, here. But again, they hired actors to do that, like, part of it. Mm-hmm. So I also wonder, was the program paid for by the people who, like, the people who were actors, did the producers pay for the program for them, or did they have to pay out of pocket for that? Uh, I looked at so I looked at the credits obviously because I'm always very interested to see who who are in the credits and what who's who's who. Yep. And um, there was a dialogue editor. <laughs> That's like one thing that kept my attention. Ooh. Like the dialogue editor. Like a lot of the crew is, I mean, regular crew. There's like nothing. But there was just screenplay by the director and a uh, dialogue editor. So like these two people um, yeah, raised my concerns. Yeah. And I, well, it, that's like the thing is these actors in the S-Factor group, were they chosen because they are actors and therefore they were asked to play a narrative or were they chosen because they are good looking in the actor um, terminology and that they would be articulate and capable of talking about their own trauma. So. Let's, okay, let's talk a little bit about when the uh, S-Factor girls, the beginners, all walked into the little, the little sex store to buy their first pair of pleasers. Um, I don't know, I felt like the way that that was edited and like the reactions were very oh like yeah they were having a great time and that's great but it almost felt like it was mocking like it it just felt a little disrespectful to sex workers in a way when they just like were all in there and they're like oh look at me i'm like trying these shoes on and oh ha 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 i'm like strutting these things and i'm like yeah but like there are some people who do that for work and like why are you making fun of this but like ugh, i don't know i just ugh, it was a i had like mixed emotions about that scene <laughs> just, i like, will say one sorry go ahead oh just like very appropriated like if you think about yeah like cultural appropriation for example like if i was kind of like learning about my roots and misinterpreting what something meant and just making fun of it because i was like raised in a western um society like that's almost like the same kind of disrespect but then just throw it on strippers like yeah with the shoes yeah i was going to say that i would bet that almost every person buying pleasers for the same time does that like i mm-hmm. would say the first time i wore pleasers i was like oh like i'm suddenly supremely sexy like it's that kind mm-hmm. of thing that is almost like a novelty for someone who's never worn these heels before. But I don't think, like, well, obviously this is partially scripted and some of these people are yeah. actors. But I think genuine beginners, we can't blame for that sort of behavior because that's the sort of behavior that is ingrained into people from society. Like, oh, I yeah. think that if people were more accepting of sex work as real work, um, I mean, sure, heels are fun, but, like, you wouldn't see them as such a, like, taboo object Mm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah that's I think that's more I was getting at like because absolutely like when we're all beginners and we like put those pleasers on for the first time it there is that excitement like yes it's, it's very exciting but 
I just think the way it was portrayed in the film, it just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just I don't know really how to describe it. It just was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe because kind of bachelorette party vibe. Okay, that's exactly <laughs> what I would think was why it bothered me. I was like, why, why? <laughs> Who's getting married? <laughs> um, and the one girl they had her do a makeover, like we talked a little bit about this already like they forced some of them to change their appearances and stuff but like what she took her glasses off and got a haircut like yeah yeah and i mean that's like very uh contradictory to what the poll community is about you know we talked about how the poll community is about accepting everybody and everyone in who they are and not judging and not wanting to change them and from S Factor there was a lot of we need to change you into what well, once again we need to change you in the, the expectation of who women are and even if there is like this reclaiming sexuality and trying to um, fight the male gaze blah 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 there is still like this very notion of we need to be womanized and fitting the stereotypes um, that are associated with one gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a quote at one point. I This might not be the best quote because I think it was somebody who was dealing with trauma from cancer, but I think mm-hmm. Sheila had said that a woman's most important assets were their hair and their boobs. Oh, yeah. At some point, and I just was like, are we really narrowing it down to two things that make you a woman like i mean i don't have any hair but <laughs> yeah you need to see elspeth but elspeth looks beautiful the way she is <laughs> well thank you yes i choose to not have any hair just because i like myself that way so yes yeah i just being who you want to be Yeah, I think that's something that should have been pushed a lot more in this, is not trying to find your inner predefined, this is what a woman is, is more about finding what you want to be, whether you even, like, like, it shouldn't be exclusionary, like, it shouldn't just be women, like, you can just be a person and be however you want and however makes you feel, like, empowered, and I mean, like, I'm not very, I'm not really, like, a feminine person, and I still find a lot of power in pole and that's like a thing that exists that they didn't really tell anybody exists in this movie yeah. so there's my big speech <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like we pretty much covered all of the basis like long story short it, the film erased sex workers it has some anti-stripper vibes to it very very much promoted the binary basically one big advert for s factor i mean i feel like the only positive things about the film like there weren't too too many one is i always do appreciate a feminist anti-patriarchy like let's take down the patriarchy i mean yes i'm all about that but like again it was only like briefly mentioned and then it exploded into this binary and i was like oh no um, and what? And yeah, San Francisco Poland Dance and Janine Butterfly were kind of a delight. They were they were thumbs up. Yeah, but like, there's just one thing. I mean, it's as 
an instructor, like, when Amy Bond, I'm sorry, like, I'm a big supporter of her, but, like, when she said, like, put your pussy to the pole, I was like, there is clearly one person in this class who doesn't identify as a woman, and I'm not sure they have what you just said, so I think using a gender-neutral term would be a bit more appropriate, especially since you want to have people um, of every gender yeah. join you, so, yeah. Any final thoughts and opinions from y'all? I think if you're listening to this podcast and you are just interested in trying pole, but you haven't yet, definitely, like, everyone doesn't have a cookie-cutter story. It's That's, like, the main message that we're trying to say, um, I think, because, yeah, you can be confident about who you are, what you look like, what your gender orientation is. It doesn't matter. You could be an alien and pole dance. Yes. Like, it does not matter. Yes. 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 You don't have to be pole dancing because you have trauma. You can literally pole dance just because you fucking want to. (laughs) And find a studio that is, uh, I want to say, not responsible and reasonable, but like... (laughs) a studio that takes care of its people and that makes sure that um, they accept everyone. Yes. I'd say to add to that, definitely, like, do research and a good way um, to, like, help find, like, what people are saying isn't just looking at, like, what that studio is trying to, like, put their image out there as on social media, but, like, see what the students look like who tag the location and if someone isn't like the cookie cutter thing um appears on your like recent feed of that studio's location tag and they're proud of being there and proud of who they are like that is a really good sign oh yeah oh yeah absolutely oh can i just say one more thing yeah say say the things because <laughs> i thought so when I w- watched the documentary, I was like, okay, like one thing I'm really looking at is, are we having a panel of different people? And do we have like inclusivity? And who are the people in charge and who are the students and stuff? And when I saw it, I was like, okay, so we have black people, we have LGBTQ people, we have white people, we have like every possible denomination gender orientation etc but the people in charge are always the white people yeah (laughs) like Mm -hmm. shayla amy um the other instructor from inspector there's only one black woman who is um actually an instructor but it's like very white in the hierarchy let's say and also, I, I felt a little bit uncomfortable in the group, <laughs> the S-Factor group again, because, like, it's kind of like, I want to fit every possible, um, I want to tick every box. So they will be the big girl. They will be the tomboy girl. They will be the person who was abused as a child. They will be, yeah, like, the black girl. They will be, like, every possible stereotype. Yeah. I mean, like, all of these beautiful people represented a stereotype and like fed a stereotype narrative yeah. in there 
Yeah. And that may be slightly uncomfortable. And also that the big people had to lose weight. And oh, that, God, yeah. Um, the LGBTQ people that wanted to live their life in a certain way were told that, you know, they have to live it in another way that is better. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of like they ticked all the boxes, but then they ticked none of them at the same time. Yeah. They yep. ticked all the boxes, and they're like, we're erasing the boxes, and we're putting you all in one box. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm here, so, um, yeah, we're good. We're good. One of everything, and not enough time for anyone to breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've pretty much summed everything up. Um, do you all want to remind our lovely audience where we can find you on Instagram, if you so choose to let us know where to find you on Instagram? I don't have a game for you today. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Elspeth is pouting. <laughs> it was so fun last time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. This is pretty impromptu. <laughs> yeah, well this this was really impromptu, yeah. Um uh, Emily, where can we find you? Uh you can find me on Instagram. My handle is L L-L-E dot Lixir L-I-X-I-R Beautiful. <laughs> the face you were making while saying <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> Victoria, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram Victoria underscore Neftis. Good luck trying to write that. <laughs> we'll have a note in the note on how to spell that. H-T-H-Y-S um, just look for Victoria, and you'll probably find me. Yay! And Elspeth, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Elspeth dot polls. Uh, Elspeth is E L S P E T H. Good luck. Have fun. Love it. And before I close this out, I'm just gonna put a little plug in there as. Um, I have a podcast discount code for Xana Polware. It's 15% off. All you have to do at the checkout is type in PD Podcast. There, that's your move of the day. PD Podcast. <laughs> and plug it in at the discount uh, section on Xana Polware if you want 15% off on all your pole goodies from them. And then, um, oh, I hope all of you know the answer to this question. What are you? I'm a pole dancer. <laughs> Emily, you have to say it. What are you? Pole dancer. Yay!